You're listening to Rift on Basement Public Radio. Rift is made possible by the Castle Rock Discord server, providing shopping, dining, and megachurch recommendations for the lesser Castle Rock area. We have a snooze, in and out burger, a snooze, a mattress store, also named snooze, and a snooze. Your support is greatly appreciated. Also, my friend Yuko, who told me I don't know how to make a podcast, and listeners like you. Everyone, welcome back to Rift. Um, I'm Kevin, and thanks for uh, tuning in on episode three. This is a super exciting episode because we got st- more stuff going on. Um, but first, job hunt update. Uh, let's go to the other Kevin in the sky. Kevin, what you got for me? Yeah, I'm Kevin. This is also Kevin, and uh, we're coming back for a job report update. Um, today we had three jobs that we made it to the final round in and had amazing feedback on all three. Um, the first one was with Rita. I know we talked about her before. We'll go a bit deeper into that. The second one was with a company that deals with containers and shit. And the third was a company that deals with containers and shit. Let's back to you, Kevin. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Oh, God. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Uh, Turns out I'm the same guy. But, yeah, so what happened? I had three jobs. I made it to the final rounds on all three of them. And God love them. They loved me. They had the best feedback, and they loved me so much. But I am just an average 40-year-old white male. So let's go into it. So the first one was with Rita. So Rita posted on LinkedIn. And she said, I'm looking for someone to lead the customer success organization that I'm leading, but be under me. And I was like, be under Rita, sign me up. So I reached out to her on LinkedIn. And I was like, hey, I need a job. And this sounds like something I want to do, like developing the program. Should I apply? She said, absolutely, yes. I was hoping you would reach out. So I did. And what happened? Oh, coffee sip. So I interviewed with like three people and... You know, it was it was the recruiter lady. It was the head of the solutions architect team. It was the head of support. And then I was supposed to interview with Rita, which I did. And I got on the phone with her and she was looking disheveled as ever. And she basically spent the whole hour dissuading me not to take the job and telling me how fucking awful it was, which was another first, by the way. And uh, I grinned and bared it and said at the end, this sounds great. I want to do it because I want a fucking job, Rita, and I want some money. And you know I can do this shit. We've worked together, and I will do whatever. And I'm a sycophantic yes man in the workplace, despite my oppositional defiant behavior everywhere else. Uh, so let's do it. And she said, great. And then uh, weeks go by, and the recruiter is dodging me. And then ultimately, and then she's like, did Rita reach out to you? Did Rita reach out to you? She asked multiple times. I was like, no. She was like, okay. So she called me, the recruiter lady, and she said, um, they're not going to open this position anymore. They decided not to do it. So I was like, great. And she said, Rita should be reaching out to you uh, to discuss it more. She never fucking called me. By the way, she completely ghosted me, which makes Rita a thousand percent dead to me. It was It's so weird. I don't know why I let myself enter this abusive relationship. So I was like, fuck you guys. I didn't want that job anyway. Sour grapes, eat shit. Uh, And then I got another, I was in another group of interviews um, for this container company. It's like 
container security, portability, cost savings. And this was a startup. And I interviewed with the CEO, the CTO, the senior VP of engineering. Uh, and there was another guy, the senior product manager, lead product manager. And they all loved me. This was for head of support slash head of customer success, which I know is a, is a pretty big red flag, right? Like it's a dual job. So it already means shit's fucked. But I want, I wanted that because it's like kind of like a cool title that you could put on your resume and be like, look at my resume. I did all these things. I'm my leader. So I went through all the interviews there and weeks go by <laughs> like pinging the recruiter. Like, Hey, what's going on? I haven't heard anything. Is the feedback good? The feedback was great. They love you. They love you. The recruiter was in Spain too. So like anytime I would reach out to her, it was, she was already asleep or partying or I don't know what they do in Spain sleep parties she would get back no it's great it's great we're just interviewing candidates like a month and a half went by and she said oh by the way we've opted not to open this position they're not going to fund it maybe in november so that's two for two now of positions where i made it to the very end they were gushing they were like straight up fucking gushers about me and they ultimately closed the position um so that was cool and then I got a interview with another uh, container company. It was a container security company. And I went through uh, all these interviews. I went through the recruiter. I went through the hiring manager. I went through the hiring manager's right-hand man. Um, and then it was sort of, and then I went through the head of the solution architects again. And they all loved me. And they said I'd be a great fit. And then like a week goes by and they're like, P.S., um, we're not going to open this position. I was like, what the fuck? How do people just talk to me and realize that their shit is inefficient or hyper efficient? Maybe they don't need me. I don't know what it is, but I got a scarlet letter for when applying to these jobs. Customer success is bullshit. First of all, we all know it. So I get why they're like not opening these positions, but come on, man. Don't you want to work with me? Don't you want to work with me? That's cool. But they turns out they don't want to work with me or even have that job available. So that's kind of where I left off. And I'm just humming through this. I apologize if I'm talking too fast. <sighs> just take a breath. I'm so fucking amped up about being constantly rejected in the same manner. It's infuriating and frustrating. So that's sort of where we where we are today. I have a job interview today with another customer success company. The recruiter loved me and I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But on other news, I'm starting college. And that was a weird transition because I actually did cut there. I mean, I'm trying to do this stuff in less than 10 takes, but more than one take. So if there's any jarring shit going on, that's why. I'm going back to college, going, going back, back to college, college, and I'm going to Western Governors University. There's a bunch of Western governors in a Western governor in a dead end town. They started a university and I'm going there. It's fully online and you pay every six months and you do the classes at your own speed, which hopefully is for me like Sonic the Hedgehog speed. And I don't drop any rings and we finish and I get a degree and that degree gets to go on my resume and then I don't get auto rejected 
by the evil auto-rejection bots that look at my resume and don't like me. So that should be fun. And I'm actually looking forward to it. And I'm only going to use ChatGPT for 80% of my work. And I will massage the content, you know, after it spits it out because God knows it doesn't know what the fuck it's talking about. So that starts on November 1st. And uh, hopefully I can finish the entire degree before I owe them money again, which would be six months later. And it doesn't seem that impossible, to be honest. So stay tuned on that front. Maybe I'll have some more updates about how schooling looks and what that is in my life. I don't know. Does, does anyone even care? But I was trying to think about what I wanted to talk about this episode, despite all the updates I just gave you. And I was, I don't know, I was trying to think back like to my very first job. What was your first job? It's weird because I feel like my first job might have been one of the best jobs I ever had. Um, and that's tough to reconcile because where do you go from there? So I started working when I was 14. I got a job at a kid, like after school program for kids where parents would you know, they're working, they can't get their kids from school, they can't have their kids go home because they're in elementary school. They would come to the cafeteria after school and hang out with us. Um, and we would help them with their homework and we would play games with them and we would run around and we would give them a snack. And it was just great. The kids were awesome and they came from an entire, you know, the entirety of the America, America diaspora. <laughs> The entirety of the America diaspora on BPR next. So, you know, we had all these different kids and they were awesome and they loved me because I'm a goofball and I just say dumb stuff and we, you know, I would help them with their homework and I would throw kickballs at their head and we would have a great time. And that job was amazing. It paid me $6 an hour. Uh, this was 1996. So dating myself a bit, but the minimum wage, this was in Maryland was 425 so six dollars an hour was basically god tier for me everyone i knew didn't make that much so i was just cruising so every day i would walk to high school and i would do that <laughs> i would sit in high school and then i would walk back um i had to walk two miles to high school it wasn't uphill both ways there was it was uphill one way though so don't at me bro it was and I had to walk because the bus cutoff was like 2.1 miles. You could ride the bus, which was actually really good. It was a nice walk. It was good to know that you were capable of walking that far. I was a fat kid. Okay. I was kind of fat and I would walk to school. I would walk to work and then we would have these, you know, kids come and we would play. I would serve them snack, which was usually like French toast sticks, which now looking back was like cutting edge. Like, my son eats the shit out of some French toast sticks, and apparently they've been around since 1996. So we would open big containers from Cisco of French toast sticks. I really wanted to sing the thong song right there. And, like, pudding, like, a giant fucking can of pudding that you would open. It was just, like, vanilla pudding. <laughs> so gross looking. <laughs> but the kids would slurp that shit up, like, vanilla pudding and Nilla wafers, chocolate pudding and Nilla wafers, and... We would just have the greatest time. And, you know, I could see myself doing that job again if it weren't paying just dog shit and didn't have any benefits and 
like actual benefits. Obviously, you're benefiting the children. The children. But it was so much fun. I mean, the parents were obviously the worst part. Being a parent myself, I know that we're all shit. And there were some questionable things that happened there. Um, like there was this kid who had, he was like the cutest little kid. He had the biggest head. And he would always come in and have like bruises all over his head and be like, I fell out of bed. And I'm like, is his dad hitting him? I don't know. It's, it's got to be the dad. He's like, I don't know. They didn't tell us about mandatory reporting. We had to take the most remedial first aid classes. Like I, I was just stupid and I didn't realize like I should probably be reporting this shit. And I brought it up to the higher ups and they were like, I don't know. So it was just a confluence of people derelicting duty around this kid. So hopefully he's okay and he was falling out of bed and running into shit because I've also met kids that are doing that now. Like now I know that there are kids who just like run into shit all the time and always have head injuries. So I don't know what is right and what is wrong, but man, I hope that kid's okay and I hope he hates his dad. And it was just a great time. I loved working there. Um, and then, you know, when the school year would end, I've said um a lot. I apologize. If you hate ums, please just delete me. They, we would do a summer camp, and that was all day. So I should say the school camp was, like, from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. It was super easy. I would spend three hours there. I would get paid my $18 before taxes, and then I would go home. And I didn't spend my money on anything except for code red Mountain Dew and regular Mountain Dew and little Debbie's <laughs> oatmeal cream pies. <laughs> just the stereotypical of like an ultimate fat kid buy this stuff, go home and play video games. And it was great. So we would have a summer camp too. And the summer camp was longer hours, obviously. And the kids would come for the whole day and we would try to fill their time. And, let me just say that my kids went to summer camp this year and the year before that, put on by the city, Castle Rock. And it it was very regimented. Like, you could see the schedule that all the little counselors had because they're all, like, teenagers like I was. And it said, like, every half-hour increment was accounted for. Here's what we're going to do. Summer camp I worked at was not like that. The only thing that we had that was regimented was, like, when we were going to the pool. Like, Wednesdays, we would go to the pool. Other than that, it was pretty free form. They had some activities, but the kids didn't always want to do them. So a lot of the times the kids would just hang out and I was in charge of the fourth and fifth graders when I was working there. So that's like also a weird age where the kids are trying to find their independence, but they look up to adults. Um, you know, when you're a kid and you, and there's an adult with you, I was an adult to them, which is also hilarious because I was like 16 14, 15, one of those, and clearly not an adult. And they looked up to me and were like, Kevin, what should we do? What are we going to do? And it was hard to fill the time. So we would just come up with stupid games. We used to have these big, those big Gatorade coolers, the big orange ones for water so kids could drink water. And we would just put that on a wooden picnic table with the spout over the table, not over the empty space. And we would just push the button and let a little water out and see how far down the wood grain the water would go. And I was like, all right, kids, let's do it. We're going to boosh it. So we 
we called it booshing from then on. They're like, Kevin, can we boosh it? Can we do booshing? It's like, sure, let's boosh it. And <laughs> they would all gather around and we would have a kid hit the thing or I would hit it and they'd be like, boosh it. And <laughs> the water would go and see who got the farthest. And we spent hours booshing. And I feel like I really robbed those children of some developmental time. But maybe they're good at booshing now. I mean, who knows? In this post-scarcity world, maybe booshing will be an art form. So I wish them the best in their boochery. But the summer camp was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, I lost a bunch of weight. I kissed a girl for the first time. It wasn't a, a kid. Jesus, how could you say that? That's fucked up. You people, I know you jumped right there. No, it was another counselor who later became my girlfriend. It was great. Um, and it was just so much fun. The guy that ran the camp, his name was Joe. When we would play stuff like dodgeball, this guy was like 30, but since I was 16, and I also think all adults are just like a binary thing, like you're an adult. He could have been 60. I don't know. He would get those. We would play dodgeball, and we used the red kickball balls. And he would just huck them at fucking kids. Like, he hit a kid in the face, and the kid was bleeding. And this guy owned the camp, so he was just like, oh, just walk it off. Walk it off. He would, like, throw the ball at their legs. And just seeing their little toothpick legs buckle under the weight of this 60-year-old man hucking this ball as hard as he could at their legs. And just it just swept them away like a tsunami. And just witnessing that was incredible. Um, maybe Joe was punching that former kid in the head. I don't know. It was great. We had a bunch of people of all walks of life working there. We had a lady named Miriam and she was a black woman and she was Jewish. And I, I had never met a black Jewish person before. I was like, can you even do that? Like, this was mind blowing to me. I didn't know that existed. So just me being an idiot and learning about the world and interacting with all these cool people, it was awesome. And I loved it. And I, I think I made $8 an hour at the summer camp. And I was bawling and I didn't have any money problems. And I had a car now. I had I finally learned how to drive later on, like in the very end of my high school career. I didn't get my driver's license until I was 18. And that made me a weirdo. But I just didn't want money. All right. I didn't need money, I should say. And I didn't need a car to spend the money on. It was just great. I had all this money. I had nothing to spend it on except Code Red and Mountain Dew. Regular Mountain Dew Code Red, Mountain Dew Code Red, and regular Mountain Dew, and Little Debbie's, which are far superior to Hostess. If you stand for Hostess, you'll, you are wrong, a hundred percent wrong, and I hope you realize that as this podcast comes to an end. Um, that's really all I have to say. I loved that job, and it really set me up for disappointment in my future job. So that sort of ended, I was 18 and I went to college and that was a thing. Uh, ultimately I did fail out of college. I can talk about that. It's special. It's a special time, but I've already wasted so much of your special time. So really I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening. This is BPR. Live from BPR, this is also Kevin. Rift Podcast has been brought to you by Kevin. Rift's podcast airs every week on a Wednesday, probably. We love you here, and we also love you.
Goodbye.